Now is the time to reinforce your bowling arsenal, and BowlerX.com is the online leader in price, service, and selection. With free insured shipping on every item we carry, including a complete line of Pro Shop supplies, as well as balls, bags, shoes, accessories, and more. Also, check out the large selection of closeout and discontinued items at a fraction of their original cost. BowlerX.com, your online bowling superstore and proud sponsor of Above180.com. You can hear Above 180 on Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly from your iPhone, Android phone, Kindle Fire, and beyond, on demand and on the go. Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free at Stitcher.com or in the app stores. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. Joining me today on the Above180.com podcast is Matt Canizaro. Matt is the PR manager for the USBC. Follow Matt on Twitter at USBC Matt. And you can also, of course, find all the live streaming and uh, everything on bowl.com. Everything is archived. And, and if you miss a live stream, don't worry because it's uh, everything is archived and posted so you can go back and watch them. So, Matt, I want to thank you for joining me today. Tim, always a pleasure. Looking forward to talking about the Open Championships a little bit with you. Well, of course. Let's. Uh, tournament's been going on now about a month. Uh, we're coming up on the month anniversary. First month is traditionally a little bit slower, but what, I guess, news and notes would you have to tell the, the person who has kind of been following but only following at, at the distance because they go out and they bowl later on in the year, whether they bowl in May or June? Well, we always have great bowlers coming into town and, and always have good scores. Uh, we had a couple 300 games so far. And a few big numbers uh, to look at. Our, our first 300 was in singles, and that was Terrence Blevins from Chicago, uh, 783. And that was uh, very early in the tournament. So he set the bar and gave everybody kind of an idea of what it would take. And then we had our second 300 in the team event, uh, Daryl Carrion from Virginia. Uh, so that's our that's our two for the year. And uh, he was a tournament first-timer and made a run at all events as well. And he is actually in the top 10. Uh, actually, he is 10th at 24 teams. So uh, hard to say uh, what the scoring pace is going to be like, of course. Uh, as you mentioned, a little bit slower here early on, especially in Reno. There's just a huge capacity uh, of lanes. Uh, but uh, we're starting to get to that point where things are picking up. We're going to have our, our first real 1030 squad here pretty soon and a pretty busy April. So we're looking forward to some really good teams coming in. Uh, right away, uh, we'll have Bob Hart coming in for 100,000 pins uh, in a couple of days, and then some some really talented Wisconsin teams not too far down the road. So I don't think that the top numbers are safe for very much longer, and uh, we're really getting into the exciting part of the tournament here soon. Yeah, all of us armchair uh, quarterbackers like to uh, like to discuss the numbers and the shot, and will the will the scores be higher, lower? And I heard you guys discussing it on on some of the live streams as well. Since you've been doing this now, what what are your thoughts in the first month? Is is there anything you can take away, or what's your biggest takeaway as far as the scoring and the pattern and that sort of thing? Well, typically, at least in my career here, uh, you know the traditions are, are relatively similar. They're they're always within a, a five or six ten average range for for the overall numbers. Um, so, looking at graphs and, and speculating, uh, 
you know, usually that's what happens early. Like you said, armchair bowlers, uh, sitting at home, uh, just kind of trying to figure what's going on. Uh, but we don't really see anything different or crazy this year compared to years past. Of course, some years the scoring pace is going to be a little bit higher, sometimes a little bit lower, sometimes the top scores are higher, uh, just as an anomaly, like 2009. They had some unbelievable winning scores. Uh, but, you know, it's all relative. You know, you have to keep pace with the, with the rest of the field and expect that, you know, while the patterns are similar, uh, just to give it the ability to be attacked from different angles, different styles, uh, you know, there's there's only so much they can do to make it different. Uh, so you kind of have an idea. The numbers have been pretty steady the last few years on what it takes to, as far as a load of cash. And you have to know coming out, you know, what some of the, the decent scores are. You know if you're going to have a shot at singles, you need to be around 800, you know, for doubles. You want to be around 1450, 1500, even to have a chance at it. Uh, team number 3400 is the new standard, and team all events, you know, you want to be at 10,000 uh, to be in the mix. Uh, and uh, that's, that's really, uh, really about it. 2100 is a good target for for single, and uh, those numbers have been relatively consistent. And we've had some some great days. Some guys, Matt McNeil, Ron Vokes, come out and do amazing things. Uh, but generally, those are kind of the standards that you want to be around to uh, find success here. Well, man, and talking about the the pattern and the shot, like you said, there's only so many and so much we can do as or you guys can do at the USBC with Eric Pearson and everyone to set out a pattern. And now that everyone's bowling on fresh for doubles and singles and team, does that open up the flexibility to maybe experiment a little bit more to get out of that you know 37 to 40 or 39 to 41 foot range? Or this one is you know this pattern's 43 feet, so you guys have gone a little bit longer. But yet the pattern doesn't necessarily play like a, some of the longer patterns do that bowlers maybe used to if you bowl on sport patterns. So do you see the USBC as we move forward maybe saying, hey, let's put out a 36-foot pattern. Let's go shorter and make the guys play a certain part of the lane. Or is that something as, as we move on now that we can do that and not hurt a doubles and singles squad that maybe in the near future? Well, that's certainly a good point. We definitely have more versatility now, uh, the ability to, to try more things uh, because the pattern doesn't need to hold up as long as it did in years past. You know, in the past, uh, there was a double single squad after the team event, and then there were three doubles and single squads in the morning before the re-oil. So we really needed, you know, essentially maybe a little more volume and a little more consistent pattern uh, because it needed to hold up throughout the day. Now, as you mentioned, we're at 43 foot for the team event, and last year for the first time, of course, two different patterns. So that gives us the opportunity to really test the player's versatility uh, this year, 43-foot for team and 40-foot for doubles and singles. So a pretty significant difference there. Uh, you know, the doubles and singles pattern, one foot longer than last year. So making some changes there. Um, I think the Kegel ice oil really plays into it as well. Uh, being a, a designed to hold up, be a little more durable, that gives us even more ability uh, to change things up a little bit um, because it doesn't break down as quickly uh, as oils of the past. So... Certainly, we have the products and the capability, especially with the new Kegel Flex machine, to do a whole lot of different things. Um, I understand the capabilities of those machines are pretty spectacular as far as you know, being able to put out even two different kinds of oil. You know, fire on the way down and ice on the way back, and uh, I think there's a lot of potential there. And certainly, we're a little bit out of the realm this year with the 43-foot, and we'll see how that goes. And um, how that continues, they monitor things very closely as far as taping lanes and keeping an eye on, um, you know, ball motion and breakdown and 
Uh, I would certainly trust that Eric Pearson and the folks at Kegel uh, probably have some pretty good ideas up their sleeves for the future as well. Matt, last question, Matt, on oil. There's and some of the youth tournaments and, and the collegiate and um, and high school bowling. There was uh, an issue that came up last year where the, the patterns are not being released to the to the players. They're just being told to go out and bowl. Has that thought ever came about for the USBC Open to just say, here's your pattern, you go and bowl on it, and let the chips fall where they may? Well, it certainly came up in discussion, but I think the nature of the event is completely opposite. You know, we're talking about um, youth events where they're only a couple days long and everybody's in at the same time and out at the same time, whereas at the Open Championships for 136 days long this year, uh, certainly the word will get out. There will be discussion. Uh, there's a possibility of, you know, the pattern being out there, people being able to duplicate it and practice on it. Uh, so I think that's something that, that we've kind of set the precedent, and it's likely going to stay to where the pattern is released at the start of the event. That way, uh, nobody's at a disadvantage, uh, at least, for you know, perception-wise, uh, as far as having information that other people don't have. Great, man. I want to hit on some of the side events because I know one of the things you guys did last year, working with the Bowlers Journal International to get the the Bowlers Journal tournament over on site with you guys at the stadium. So just let's let's talk about that. And then also this year, the big thing was moving the forty frame game over as well. I know you know there's been some people will go and bowl some of the side events, and that was always kind of off at at its own little house there. And so just let's talk about that and how has that been going for you guys. Well, we realized uh, back in 2000, actually, with, uh, we had a little side event in Albuquerque. We brought it back in 03 and again in 08 and realized, you know, how popular that was to the players already in the venue. Gives them a chance to, uh, to have their equipment there, not have to leave the building, not have to rent a car necessarily. Uh, so when we got the opportunity to do that at the National Bowling Stadium uh, and break the venue into two parts, essentially, um, it was kind of a no-brainer being able to give more competitive opportunities under one roof. Certainly, is way more convenient for the bowlers, uh, and we saw that the Bowler Journal Championships has been alongside the Open Championships for almost 70 years. And last year, participation was up 300 percent just by having it under the same roof. And we had a couple other side events downstairs on the track showcase lane last year, and it just seemed to be a lot going on. Um, too much happening on just 10 lanes. So we narrowed that down this year, brought in the Columbia 340 frame game, which is uh, a fun handicap singles event. So it gives another competitive opportunity, but a little different format, uh, a little more laid back, a little more fun, a little softer condition, uh, just a chance for teams to get together, have a good time, uh, you know, get a little bit loose, win some prize money potentially, uh, but uh, not the pressure of the challenging conditions per se. Uh, which they can then find upstairs at the Storm Bowler Journal Championship. So uh, a good mix of competitive opportunities at the National Bowling Stadium. You can stay downtown, walk over, use the lockers. You never have to leave the building. You can be here all day and all night, uh, throw in a, a practice session on the track showcase lanes for your team, and you have every opportunity to, to compete, win prize money. You get a look at the team pattern down on the showcase lanes and the doubles and singles pattern at the Bowler Journal Championship. So, 
certainly you can't say that uh, that you're not prepared or there's a shortage of opportunities. Well, you led me right into the, the showcase lanes. I know that's something my teams always take advantage of just to get used to the condition a little bit and even get, you know, get your hand a little bit acclimated as some people are coming from east to west and traveling, just getting used to the humidity and getting used to different things. And uh, so that's another great thing. And even the coaching, you guys are, are now working with uh, Lane 81 to do some great things as part of the VIP program as well. So, Matt, just kind of let's condense a little bit on the VIP program that you guys have, and then also uh, the coaching with uh, Mike Jazz now on Lane 81. Of course. The, uh, the VIP program came, uh, came alive in 2012, and it's been a work in progress. It's been changed each year based on uh, VIP feedback and, and some of the ideas and, and a lot of discussion on you know what the bowlers want. Um, and the coaching was uh, always an aspect. I went, went back to Bill Hall in 2012. We had Matt McNeil last year in 2013. Uh, and this year we, we changed it up a little bit, and we'll give the VIPs a choice now. They can pick a one-hour practice session with up to nine other people. Their whole team can get down there and, and work together. Uh, or a 90-minute session with Mike Jazz now, silver-level coach uh, over on Lane 81, who's an expert on this event and the venue as he is here full-time. So certainly a great resource and a great option for bowlers interested uh, in taking advantage of that. And so far the reviews are great. He's uh, he's really doing a fantastic job, you know, helping out the bowlers and the VIPs, and uh, that is a very popular option this year. Thanks for joining me, and, and just this quick little update. Um, always trying to work with you folks down there to uh, out there to help and get bowlers out there because a lot of times there's just this little bit of I don't know how to put it, but you know, people get roll their eyes when they hear Reno again. And and trust me, as as uh, as someone who loves bowling and loves the sport, we got to support the tournament no matter where it is and bowl. And and you know what? It's it's let the chips fall where they may, as you said earlier. Well, certainly, as you pointed out, uh, no matter where we are, it's a national tournament. There's eagles on the line, uh, whether we're in Reno, El Paso, Albuquerque. Uh, you know, and we're here to put on the best event we can. And certainly, in Reno, a one of a kind of venue as well. Uh, so we'll be here all the way till July 13th. Uh, certainly follow us along on Facebook and Twitter. And before you come out, make sure to check out some of the live stream broadcasts that are archived uh, on YouTube, youtube.com slash TV. And it'll give you a good idea on where to play and what to throw. And hopefully uh, we'll provide some great insight for you before you come out and compete.